Welcome to another Axe Church Podcast. Glad you're with us today. Hope you're having a good day. My name is Hunter Crofts. I'm on staff here at Axe Church, and I've got just David Robinson with me today. Um, that's Pastor David Robinson. Yeah, there's just too many Dave, Dave Robinsons. There are a lot of David Robinsons around, not all related to one another, but the Lord has a sense of humor, of course, and so there's David Robinsons everywhere and then all kinds of other robinsons that are again not all related to one another they just happen to have the same last name so and i don't know that there's like a particularly large number of robinsons this area but they all found axe church so um if you're robinson come find yeah if you're a robinson you're gonna fit in really well uh and they'll assume you're related to all the other robinsons which then you get to tell them you're not it's it's really fun so um yeah today we're going to talk about iphones (laughs) Android phones, tablets, computers, and screens in general. Uh, you know, mm. one of the big issues uh, of today is, you know, what is the effect of the phenomenon? I just messed up that word. <laughs> Hunter was trying to say phenomenon earlier, and it came out funny, so I thought I would just, you know, do that as well. Um, what is what is it with with this phenomenon of screens, and how is it affecting? Uh, people in general, how's it affecting young people specifically uh, who have grown up in front of a screen their whole life? Uh, although it has does not seem to have made a difference at this point, what age somebody is. If you go almost anywhere at almost any time, you will see people looking down at their screens. You can go if you go to a if you're a people watcher, which some people are, and you go to a restaurant or you go somewhere and you see a family sitting there, you know, a couple of teenage kids and mom and dad, and they're all looking at their screens, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not necessarily talking to each other. They're, you know, staring deep into each other's iPhones. Hang on, my phone's um, off. Right, yeah, exactly. Like the alerts, the constant being connected. Does this, is this something that causes anxiety? Is it something that's helpful? Um, like anything, like the internet or anything else, there, there's always gonna be good and there's gonna be some bad about that. And so we wanna talk about that. We wanna talk about um, how screens are affecting our lives, uh, how the believer should be uh, using this technology, what's what's valuable about, it, valuable about it, what's not. I personally carry an iPhone. Uh, Hunter carries an iPhone as well. Um, some of you, uh, unfortunately, carry an Android device, and so we have to look at your green bubbles when we text. If you're not familiar with that, it's because you don't have an iPhone. Um, <laughs> for people with an iPhone, when they text other people with an iPhone, the text bubble is blue. It's very pleasing to the eye. Uh, when And I like the color green, but I don't like the color green in text bubbles. And so this is my own personal rant. But if you have an Android device or other device and you text an iPhone, it, it, you're green. Your bubble's green. Or my bubble is green when I text you back. However it works, um, that's very annoying. So if you're an Android person, you know, I'll just ask that you... You know, get an iPhone. Uh, no, you well, probably don't talk to them anyway. <clears throat> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so no, we have we have devices. Almost everybody has a device. Uh, you know, I, when we go to and Hunter went with us to the Phil or not the Philippines to Honduras this last time. I do not remember the Philippines. This is uh, my understanding. This is true in the Philippines as well. Even in countries that are very very uh, poor, financially, everybody has a cell phone uh, mm-hmm. and often a smartphone. I was in Cambodia and we were walking through like the Angkor Wat temples. And there's like this crew of ladies out there using like a machete to cut the grass mm-hmm. in the yard. And then they 
you know, one of them is off sitting on the ledge taking her break on her phone, on her mm-hmm. iPhone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know? They've got machetes. They don't have, so they don't like have a lawnmower. Swing a machete, check a text, swing a machete, check a text. Yeah. Um, that would be hard to say 10 times fast. Swing a machete, check a text. Like uh, anyway, uh, that's a phenomenon. But yeah, so people are, <laughs> are out there. <laughs> the people are out there wherever they are, however, however uh, impoverished an area is, whatever, they're still connected to these screens, these to their cell phones, to the internet. I mean, the world is now connected um, in that kind of a way. And it seems to take up a enormous, enormous amount of our time and attention. So I'm going to ask you, Hunter, first, I'm going to start with kind of the young people, someone like Hunter, who has grown up with basically smartphones have been, you know, the iPhone came out in 2007 and you were, well, you were born in 94. So I was 13, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. So you were right at the age to probably have a cell phone, mm. right about the time that smartphones came into prominence. I don't know if you had one at that time. I got a. I got on my thirteenth birthday. I got my first cell phone. Wait, and it was a smartphone. No, it was not. I didn't get a smartphone until I went to college. Actually. Okay. So yeah. you had you had just a flip phone type thing prior. Slide. To that. Yeah. Oh, slide. That's fancy. I had the, um, the rumor, the rumor two, or okay. something like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I had a um, razor. You know, or no, I didn't have a razor. Those were too fancy. I had like the someone else's version of it that was not quite as nice, but looked really similar to the razor phone. Right. I know this is all very fascinating, but we, you know, you had <laughs> flip phones, and some of the flip phones were cooler than other flip phones, but they were all just flip phones, right? Um, and then I got my first uh, smartphone in 2007. Um, I was an, you know, uh, an attorney. As a matter of fact, I had just sort of started practicing law. I'm not sort of. I had just started practicing law. And I bought a, a Windows-based phone, which I don't know if they have those anymore. Um, but at the time, they did. And it had a little stylus with it and whatever. But it was a touch screen, you know, like an iPhone. And the iPhone came out that year as well. Um, it was very fancy and popular. I didn't have that one. But I've had a, I've had a smartphone, you know, first Android for quite a few years and then iPhones since that time. So we're talking 11 years. Um, uh, have been using smartphones with, you know, the kind of capabilities that we now have. And other people are more recent to it. Some people still don't have a smartphone. Some people still carry a flip phone, and that's good for them um, because this phenomenon maybe isn't affecting them in the same way. But there's also the iPads, right, or, or the tablets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know computers have been you know people have been using computers for a long time, and so what you have is you have this um, uh, opportunity or this this uh, um, you know endless amount of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's articles that you want to read or videos that you want to watch or pretty much, you know, any music you want to listen to. When I was a kid, you want to listen to music, you go to the store, you're either buying a record or you're buying a, a cassette tape um, a little bit before that, a little before my time, eight track tapes. Uh, and, and that's how you listen. And of course, I remember when you, when they started coming out with technology where you, where it could read where the song on a, on a cassette ended and the next song begins so you could actually push like a fast fast forward mm. it would zzz, you know because until there's like a spot of silence until there was a spot of silence and it could tell and then it would play the next song which mm. is super fancy i don't think i ever had that technology but some car stereos eventually had that and whatever but normally you know you're listening to a tape you're going to pretty much listen to all the songs um because you know you're fast forwarding rewinding of course you're turning it over uh <laughs> at, you know because it's got two sides to it or a record that you turn over it's got two sides to it and you owned whatever music you owned 
or you would listen to borrowed a tape from your friends or you know some people would would copy tapes and things like that. It's very illegal. Um, as we all know, piracy is not a victimless crime. Uh, but the, you know, you would have, they actually at one point had uh, some stores. This is somewhat interesting for the legal scholars out there, but there were some stores that started having, you know, you would, you, they would have, if you remember, for those of you who have been alive longer than Hunter, uh, we would, you know, you would normally have like a boom box or, or a tape deck in your stereo. We used to, Hunter, back in the day, we, almost everybody's house had uh, a stereo system. And mm. so there'd be like two big speakers. I'm talking, you know, four feet high, right. you know, with like a 10 or a 12 inch woofer and the tweeters and whatever. And then you would have uh, a turntable. And you would have a tape deck, usually with two tapes. You would have your amplifier slash uh, stereo radio, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe maybe if you're fancy, you'd have like an EQ uh, system with it that I'll be plugged in. Wow. It was it was in like a um, oh I don't know how to explain it um, like a like a case almost like a like an entertainment yeah set, like uh, an entertainment case thing and and like I remember ours would have like uh, you know a glass front on it and you mm-hmm. with the magnet where like you right. push it to yes. open and you push it to close so that's that's back we in the eighties and nineties we had we had that but like CD version I remember and you'd have that. eventually you had a CD player but it was it. still it was probably like the size of our copier that we have in there mm-hmm. you know like two feet tall and yeah. A foot wide. Yep. They were big. And, and you get a CD player. First it was uh, individual. And then you could get CD players. And then you get ones that had like a, a, a turntable yeah, CD thing. It had like five spots. Like a hundred. Oh, they, they oh. had ones like a hundred spots in it. Uh, oh. So and so like you could just storage. load like all your CDs into it. And of course, how you remember which CD was number 78, I don't know. But that was cool. I wish I had something that fancy. And then so you'd listen to music in, in that way, right? And, and prior to that, it was, you know, Back in the day, just a turntable or just a radio or maybe you had an eight-track player, whatever. That's the way music was listened to. I say all that because now I can go onto a, a phone, a device, whether it's a phone or whether it's a tablet or whatever, and whether you're using Spotify or Apple Music or one of the other products, you know, um, Pandora, right. whatever. If I want to listen to a song, I can I can say to my phone, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say... Hey Siri, because my phone will turn on and be like, "What do you want?" It did. It's totally turned on. <laughs> uh, what? What? What do you want? Uh, oh, now it said a cuss word. I don't know what that's about, it's, but um, it, it just knows. Right. It just knows just, what you're just, talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Siri would would uh, you know tell me? I could tell it. I want to listen to whatever, right? I want to listen to Sandy Patty singing Via Della Rosa, which is, of course, as you all know, what I listen to all day long. Um, but and it would just play it. It's just be like, sure, playing that, that right song. Um, there it goes, and, and it'll start playing that song. And, and that is unthinkable. Like, we, like, you save money up. You go to the record store, and you buy music. Right? It, was, it was a whole thing. You, you search out music. Uh, they used to have, like, listening rooms. And what I was going to say is, I got lost. There used to be, uh, like, record stores, and you could go into the back, and, they, and you could pay them, like, two or three bucks, and buy you buy from them a tape, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The kind of tape you can record, and then you can borrow, quote unquote. You know, you can rent from them whatever tape. So I want Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You know, this album. And so I, they, you rent from them that tape. You go into the back room. You put that tape into one cassette, and then you put your recording tape into the other cassette, and you could record the tape onto 
other one. So then you had a recorded tape of Tom mm. Petty and the Heartbreakers album. Of course, that got shut down. Um, that that practice got shut down because, of course, it's illegal. Um, but for a while, that was going on. That was like a normal thing that went on. Um, and because that's how we had to get music back in the day. And right. so that's just one example of instant access. You know, the other thing is TV or movies, right? In back when, when you know, in the early 80s and, and prior to that, prior to VCRs becoming a big thing, a movie comes out in the theater and you either see it or you never saw it. That's mm. it. Man. You know, I mean, it, you know, the new Avengers movie comes out and it's like, have you seen the new Avengers movie? Like, oh, I missed it. Like, oh, well, you'll never see it now. Man. And it, it maybe if it comes on TV, if it's popular enough to come up on, on TV at some point, of course, cut down in four by three, you know, so it's so, you know, it's probably not going to come on TV in its proper letterbox form and stuff. If you care about that type of thing, which I do, um, and right. you're going to get, and of course it's going to be commercials for time minutes. and just commercials all the time, or whatever. Um, you, that's all you get to see. Now, what we eventually got is these VCRs where you could record it. And if you paused during the commercials, then the, then the final recording that you had would have been the movie without all uh, that stuff. Still looked terrible. It was still legal, right? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, just okay. because it's interesting. And, and I know we're kind of off the screens things, but this is, this is kind of interesting. So, but if you didn't see the movie, you didn't see the movie. Some movies would come out mm-hmm. on a schedule, like Disney cartoons. I remember seeing right. Snow White when I was a kid, when I was a little kid. And of course that came out in, you know, 1940, whatever, but it would come back to the theater every, whatever, seven years or whatever it was so that you could see it because there was no, you know, there was no other way to see these movies unless they happen to be on TV or whatever. Okay. So then VCRs came around in the eighties and it was like, wow, you know, we can rent, we can go to the store and we can rent these movies. Certainly you remember blockbuster and yeah. whatever you were probably still relatively young when that whole thing went away, uh, but not that young. I mean, that's only been a few years that we basically yeah. don't have. I, I don't remember really going to blockbuster much after probably 13 though. Okay. Yeah. That was like what you did. Mm-hmm. Like on the weekend, on Friday night or whatever, you're yeah, you going grab to a pizza and you, yep, you go, go you go to Blockbuster and they sold candy and popcorn there and stuff. Too, and you're going to rent your videos and you're going to and and you're hoping they had it right. because it could be all rented out. Because and there's only so many copies. The new releases were X amount, and then the you know the older ones were you know you go to the store ninety nine cents for the video and you get it for two days whatever make sure you rewind it when you bring it back. I mean you know and then it was all yeah it's a panda DVDs now. that that, that came out right um, <laughs> it's what it's a Panda Express now in Spokane oh it's Panda Express yeah right across the street yeah from the high there's school. a blockbuster uh, you know shut down blockbuster over by where my house um, is and so. Um, that's, that's how we did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now as to the VCR thing, you asked about whether that was legal. So what happened was Betamax was a Sony product. It was the first one to come out. It was not a VCR. It was the same exact process. It was a tape and you could record and whatever, mm. but it was, but it was basically Betamax was fighting with traditional VCR to see who, which format was going to become the, the one that was, that was popular. And of course, Sony Betamax lost. That's why you don't see a lot of people with Betamax players. Right. Um, and VCR became the one. When DVD sales became, when they started doing high definition DVDs, Blu-rays, there was mm-hmm. also a company called HD DVD. Sony right. is the Blu-ray company. HD DVD was, was the non-Sony company and they fought for prominence of the Blu-ray market and Sony won that time. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But Betamax was sued. Okay. So the, the studios and whoever sued Betamax and basically said, this product is basically being used to steal 
you know, television mm-hmm. because people are recording the movies and recording the content off the television. So they went to the Supreme Court and said, is this a violation? You know, is this a violation of copyright for Betamax and VCR in this case to be giving people a device that's in their house that can connect to their TV that can steal, quote unquote, um, these these television shows, these movies and whatever. And what the Supreme Court said is that time shifting, which means recording the thing so you can watch it later. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've got church on Wednesday night and, and my favorite show comes on Wednesday night. So I set my VCR to record that show so that when I get back from church, I can watch it. People would do this with football games and whatever. That They said that is a non-infringing use. In other words, you're allowed to do that. Right. Time shifting is okay. And because the product itself can be used for a non-infringing use, for a proper use, even though it also can be used for non-proper use. For instance, recording a movie that you're sitting there watching and so watching that, it back later. And then, and then putting it in your library right. is illegal. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, against, it's against the law. It's stealing. I know that probably most people did that, you know, and they'd have all these movies they recorded off of TV or whatever. Right. Um, and certainly going and renting a movie and then using a second VCR to record that movie, definitely illegal. Right. Um, but, but non-infringing would have been time-shifting, which is why you now have DVRs. Same same concept, right? Yeah. The reason you're allowed to have a DVR is they're supposed to be used for time shifting. Now, some people will DVR a movie or whatever and then keep it on their DVR forever to watch over and over again. That is not time shifting, and technically that's illegal. Don't they have like an expiration? It depends on the DVR. But the old one, TiVo first came out and whatever, they didn't. You could just leave it on there forever. That was Wild West. Yeah. But but the point is, because you could use it for a non-infringing purpose, it it was a legal... It was a legal, not illegal technology. Okay. All of this is just kind of a history of where we've gone from very difficult access to entertainment. So you had to actually find things to do other than sit in front of a screen all day because there was only so much you could do in front of a screen all day. There were right. three channels, you know, mm-hmm. um, eventually four and then more uh, that you could get over the air. So, you know, I mean, obviously there was cable and whatever, but there wasn't a lot of great content. It wasn't it wasn't super accessible. Eventually, video games came out. You know, the Commodore sixty four, the Atari, and the Nintendo, and we moved forward in that. But there was only so much you could do inside your house. So you, if you were a young person, you got in your bike, you went outside, you got your baseball glove, you know, you you, you rode to the park, you played with your friends, you did that kind of stuff. Um, we didn't know as much back then about the bad people that do bad things to to kids and so it was pretty much a free-for-all you get on your bike you take off especially like summer vacation you take off in the morning it's like mom i'll be home you know be home by dinner or whatever right and you come home for dinner eat dinner and you go right back out and it's like you know when the street lights come on come home that type of thing which just you just go mm-hmm. and you do your thing i mean they knew roughly where you were like you were probably in the city somewhere right, right. beyond that your parents didn't know what you were doing, didn't care. <laughs> they were doing their own thing. Um, and and you, because there was nothing, there was no screen for me to sit on and just be on all day, okay? Right. Um, obviously, Nintendo and stuff changed it a little bit, but really not that much. Mm-hmm. Now, let's bring it to you and and your your the group of people who is your age. You guys have had access to music and to um, video, because now, obviously, the same thing with, uh, with music is with video. If I want to watch a movie, I just go look for it on iTunes or Amazon or, I guess, Google Play Store or whatever Android people use. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what they use. And you so. can go and you can just download the movie and watch it right there on your phone or your tablet or whatever. You want music. You want this song. It's right there instantly. Mm-hmm. You, want, you want information. 
back in the old day, if you and I were talking now, it's like, I think that Mount Hood is 11,260 feet. And you're like, I think it's 13,004, you know, 410 feet. We'd just be like, well, I bet you. And if we yeah. bet, guess where we had to go? Since we didn't have a, a tape measure that long to go to Mount Hood and do it, we went to the library. You know, you had to go to find a book with writing on it. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with those. There's actually books made out of paper. Right. Um, and you would go find that information. Now, if I want to know, I just look it up, which it looks like you're doing right now. It's 1,100, 200 and... 11,237 feet. So I was closer to being right than you were. In, it's in a stratovolcano in the Cascade Volcanic Arc of Northern Oregon. There you go. <laughs> information at your fingertips, right? So that's been your life. You want to know something. When I wanted to know something, it was encyclopedias. It was that kind of thing. When you want to know something, you say to Siri, I want to know this thing. And it tells you. So yeah. what, what is that? I'll ask Siri what time it is. Right. Because I don't want to touch my phone to unlock it, to be able to see what time it is. Right. That's lazy. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, that, you have a problem. Usually it's like in my pocket or something. Right. Yeah, still, you have a problem. You can't pull it hands. out of your pocket. Um, Maybe I have gloves on. So what is it what, what is it like for you and and not to to grow up like that i think everyone can imagine what it's like in other words they understand that that's had an effect and i think we've had other podcasts where we've talked about millennials and that type of thing so i don't want to i don't want to go over that ground again what i would say is what is it like for you to think about the amount of screen use that you that you're using as a believer applying the mind of christ to the amount of screen usage that you have is it something that you feel like you ought to change? Is it something that you feel, and not just you, the people you're around, your friends, mm -hmm. your family, whatever, is it something you feel like we're, our, our faces, our eyeballs and ears and uh, you know, sensory organs are in these screens too much? I think everyone would agree. We're on our screens too much. So what is that like for you? How are you walking through that in your life right now? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it can be a problem in lots of different ways. You know, in social settings, maybe I use my screen to distract from um, slightly more uncomfortable, <laughs> as uncomfortable as it is to sit in a social setting and just look at your phone, it's slightly more uncomfortable maybe to try and engage in conversation with people that you um, don't know yet who you're supposed to be getting to know. Or maybe um, uh, something I kick myself for so often is I lay in bed and I watch just random YouTube videos or, or scroll through Facebook or Instagram for like an hour and I didn't see anything that I wanted to see really but I just do it because it's just this always uh, populating thing of entertainment sort of um, for me to see. And I'll you know, go to bed at 11 and all of a sudden it'll be 12.30 and I'll have been so happy that I went to bed at 11 o'clock so I can get a good night's sleep and pretty soon that went away because I was stuck on my phone. So things like that are, are things that I, I definitely see as reasons this is a dangerous thing uh, for, for how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think just in general, I think um, we have become, we have just a hard time relating with people because we don't have to. Mm -hmm. There's so much that we can do beyond interacting with people, which I think is a threat to uh, the ministry of the gospel, really. I mean, from, right. from, from, my, from the, the Christian viewpoint, I think it's a threat to the ministry of the gospel. It can also be... An advance, a way to advance the gospel, but I think it also poses those problems. Right. There's a big difference between, like you can go online and listen to, I mean, we put our sermons out. Lots of churches put sermons out. Great teaching, great Bible teaching. You can get it at the touch of a button very, very easily. Um, you can listen to a lot of, of really strong men and women who are 
who are walking through um, different passages of scripture and what they mean and whatever. But if if that's all you do and and that and YouTube and whatever, and there's very little connection with actual human beings, then there's nowhere to execute Mm. all the all the things that you're learning and put them into practice like you can become head smart and and heart broken um because you're not you're not actually connecting with other people this is you know you have just just think about the the epidemic of pornography use where men and women um, are increasingly becoming addicted to pornography and you have you have men now that would say i would rather you know, get on my phone or my computer or whatever and view pornography, then take a real woman out on a date. date. Right. That's insane. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it speaks to something that says, this is, this is the way I'm, this is actually what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I'm used to connecting with a device where I'm in control. I can have my own world mm-hmm. that's closed in. Right. And it's just the only influencer. I mean, not the only influencer, but the only one making decisions is me. I decide what I want, what I want. It's a power and control issue, right? It's a it's a spiritual problem. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. pornography use is a spiritual problem, but I don't think people connect that also to the fact that uh, just just over usage of screens in general can be mm-hmm. a spiritual problem. Right. When you are in the need to be in control of uh, what's going on and controlling your world in that way to that extent. See, the thing about people is they're messy. Mm-hmm. And you got to deal with stuff, and, and you can't control it. And you can't control what other people are doing. You got to you got to come in. You got to you got to take it for what it is. You got to you got to sacrifice. You got to you got to submit to um, uh, you know other people and the and the situation that you're in. And and it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's got to be about them some too, or there's not much of a relationship. And and it's complicated. And you could be rejected. Mm-hmm. See, the, the phone's not going to reject you, right? Yeah. Um, or or at least that's what you think, except for the fact that people feel you know, more depressed, more anxious, more upset, the more they use their phone, the more they, I mean, you can look through Facebook and look, I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody on this. I've been thinking about this issue more lately. Like, what do I need to do to control my screen time? Mm-hmm. Because I can do the same thing. I mean, sit there and just start watching YouTube videos on, you know, go- I mean, literally I'll watch YouTube videos that are reviewing golf clubs <laughs> that I'm never going to buy. I don't even play golf very often. Right. And when I do, it's not good. Uh, you know, it's, I, I don't buying the, you know, $1,200 set of irons is not going to improve my golf game and I'm not going to do it anyway. And yet I'll literally sit here and listen to some English guy telling me about these clubs and whatever that I know I'm not buying. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the review, a review on the latest product or just dumb stuff or uh, some cat, you know, that, that's like funny or whatever it is. Like I could sit there, you can get lost. And there's so much content. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet at the same time, there's not that much great content because you yeah. can run out of it so fast. And, you know, there's only so many things that I'll watch. If you allow yourself to watch anything, I suppose you can be pretty busy, but it's only so much stuff I'm willing to watch on Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever. Cause there's so much trash. Uh, and I just literally mean that in its actual, uh, you know, meaning it's trash. It's worthless. It has no value. It's not artistic. It's not, which is why it's it, on Netflix. It's which is why it's on Netflix. It's not pushing the world forward. It's not helping me understand uh, anything. It's not growing me. So there's so much trash, but a lot of YouTube is just what I'd call brain bubble gum too. It's just, there's nothing to it, right? There's, yeah. you're just, you're just wasting time tickling your brain. And again, you're in control. Mm-hmm. You, know, you are the one who's deciding what you watch. You're the one. And so when you walk into a room and I have the same thing, you walk into a room and there's discomfort. The easiest thing to do is pull that phone out 
and get your eyes down on that phone. And then you don't have to, you're again, what have you done there? Instead of, instead of being in the situation and not being in control and like somebody might come and talk to me, or I might need to go talk to somebody else or whatever. You've taken control of the situation by looking down your phone. Now, no one's going to come and bother you because you're you're busy, right? right? And so you've taken control. Now, if you want to talk to somebody, you can put your eyes up and, and mm-hmm. talk to them, but they can't really come in and talk to you because it's rude, because mm-hmm. you're obviously whatever you're doing mm-hmm. on your phone, right? Which may be nothing but literally looking at the screen or flipping through and reading an old email. I don't know what, what we're doing in those moments, but what we are doing is we're taking a certain level of control, social control. Back into our own hands back into our own hands instead of having to deal with the ins and outs, the good and the bad, the, the, the things that happen in social life. And as a result, we have certainly in your generation, but I think we're growing this way in with many, many people mm-hmm. is we're becoming less and less socially adept. Yeah. Less and less able to deal with each other more and more uh, moving into a place where people don't feel comfortable or confident talking to other people, connecting with other people. Um, you know, it used to be you went out and hung out with your friends pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I think as time goes on, it's, it's less and less that way because you can sit at home and watch Netflix or whatever and not have to connect with anybody and you're not horrifically bored, which is what it would have been right. back in the day. It's like, okay, there's like two shows that I watch each week. And once those are over, I'm either, you know, knitting or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, reading a book or I'm connecting with other people and right. no one likes to be bored. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, you're hanging out with your friend, ha- invite these people over for dinner on this. Day. I mean, it's just not happening like it used to. And of course I, th- I sit here and I look at the church and I think, you know, why, why are, you know, why are some of the problems happening with the church? Well, because the church by nature works when people are connected, mm-hmm. when people are, are pouring into one another. And, and, and most people like life group and that's one, one night a week and whatever. Um, but think about how much more strong and powerful the church would be if, you know, two or three nights during the week, you were connecting with another couple, another family, whatever, building relationships. You build no relationship. Mm-hmm. with a screen right right no relation you build no social skills no relationship no anything now i'm mostly concerned on the negative side we'll talk about the positive side in a little bit but you don't do that if we were to take two hours right the average person i don't know what it is i, I don't have the stats in front of me about how many hours a day you look at your screen but i'll tell you this it's probably double what you think you're doing yeah well yeah. i mean we have an app now Right. It tells us. The phone tells you how many hours a day you're, you're doing. And it will tell me each week now, it tells me you've been, you used a half hour less per day than you did the week before or whatever. It looks like in the last week, it says three hours and 54 minutes per day for me. Yeah. Which part of that is I had Netflix just sitting on for five hours on Saturday while I was working. So yeah. And I, it. and but, I have like, I'll listen to a book. Mm-hmm. or whatever right. while I'm doing different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't know what they count as screen time, but mine's similar, like four hours and something a day. Yeah. And I'm thinking, seriously? And you might not actually have your attention on your screen that entire time, but you know, it's close to that. It's not too far off. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's probably people who do less and there's probably people who do more. But one, one way or the other, I'm using this device a lot. Now, mm-hmm. if I was to cut that in half and specifically take that time to either be reading scripture or to be connecting with other people, like 
forcing myself to be connected with the word. And I don't know, like I'm on the phone a lot too. I don't know if it counts that. Oh yeah, um, yeah, phone calls. You know, um, I, I, I use the phone to talk to people. So, um, which you can actually use these for that too. I don't know if you knew that. Um, they actually are actually phones as well, um, which you know, most like, people like are. it's like a text message, but voice like actual right. voice that you can as hear. opposed to writing it down. You can actually talk to another oh, person. Okay. Yeah. And not even just on video with your FaceTime or whatever, which I don't that I don't really get. I, FaceTime is not something that I would use unless there was some reason right. to be seen that something that I'm like, hey, like you're troubleshooting like a TV network. Exactly. Or, like or I want to or hey, I'm in this place and I want to show you what it looks like. Right. And so I FaceTime you and I turn the camera around and I show you what's going other than that. The whole FaceTime thing is not a technology that I'm that interested in, but that doesn't matter or Skype or whatever you use on your, on your device. Let's talk about the good side for a second, because I feel like we've been dogging on it. I think that there's, it's not exactly uh, controversial to say we should all be using less time. It's not exactly controversial to say our ability to connect with other humans has been greatly diminished or seems to have been greatly diminished by the cell phone. And it's not, it's not particularly controversial to say that that has probably had a major effect on the church, which is at its basis an organism that is that is relationship based, relationship with God, relationship with people. And mm -hmm. so, if there's if if screens are taken away from relationship, they are by their nature taken away from the power of Christ's church. Right. Or, or, or I mean, nothing can take away from the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's church. But you understand what I'm saying the ability of us to grow and and become organically stronger and and more one with one another. Uh -huh. Now let's talk about the positive side. I'll let you go first, and then I'll tell you kind of what I think is positive about screens. But I'll let you you tell me what have you found to be uplifting, um, the kinds of things that push you forward, the kinds of things that that help you grow in the mind of Christ through through your phone, computer, mm -hmm. tablet. Go ahead. Um, well, I mean, like text messaging is a super convenient way to communicate. I do a lot of uh, things with teams at, working at a church. You know, whether it's um, working among the other staff, it's really easy to just send a quick text message to somebody on staff, especially if they have an iPhone and it comes up as a blue message because those are faster. Um, you know, I can send a quick message to, to say Susan, say, hey, um, this isn't working right. And she can really quickly get back to me and we don't have to um, be there physically to do that. And um, that's like an obvious solution that it provides. And it's also a way that you, I can develop uh, friendships with people, um, that aren't local to me or don't have time to to meet up with me i can uh have i can text message to them and we can have a relationship that way it's limited it has its restrictions um but there is some connection that is happening there um also things like like having i, I can have whatever worship music i want pulled up on my iphone like you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. about music um, because of things like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use, um, I can share stories as as the worship and media. I do a lot of media stuff here at X Church, and it's a way that I can share stories that bring Christ to light um, through screens, through whether right. it's whether it's a projection on the screen on Sunday or whether it's um, a quick clip on Instagram that the church is posting. That's a way that I can take the message of the gospel and and get it in front of people um, in a way that I couldn't have done it without screens. Mm -hmm. So those are a few of the obvious ones that I see. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, like I do my daily Bible reading on a screen. I use right. a Bible app and I, and it tell, you know, it gives me my, you know, for reading through the, the whole staff we have for reading through the Bible in a year. 
I think you're a little behind, but we won't talk about that in public. Um, but no, we have we have the whole staff reading through the Bible in a year on this particular app, and it's really nice. And I can and I can highlight and I can even make notes and I can do whatever in that app, and that's great. So reading scripture, and one of the things I do is. I, I tell myself, I'm not going to use these other parts of my phone until I've gotten my daily Bible reading done. So like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a YouTube video. I'm not going to do whatever until I've got that done. So sometimes mm-hmm. that's actually good. It helps me It helps me to go through that um, process. I listen to books. I use, I use a device for that. And so, right. um, And listening to books is great because I can't read. I'm not supposed to read while I'm driving. Um, it doesn't go so well. No, it's not. It's a, The police don't like it. I was thinking you. about like some sort of projection system where it projects it on your windshield. So you're still looking ahead, but you're reading. Yeah, I would crash. It would not work. Um, no, that would not work. Uh, I had a buddy who would tell me that he would play his guitar while he drove, um, which is, yeah. <laughs> He's a pretty good guitarist. Probably not a great driver. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's... Uh, but when uh, they get the smart cars going... Yeah, once they once we have the self-driving thing going... Then they can project it on my yeah, windshield. They can, yeah, they can do it. I'll just probably sleep at that point. But I listen to books, so I, I'm getting information that way. I do all kinds of research for... Um, I don't have to own in my, in my office. Like my dad, who's been a pastor for you know 40 years or whatever, 1,000 books, right? Mm-hmm. I can have those 1,000 books on my phone. Mm-hmm. I can I can I have access to so much information when I'm studying the word that's it's it's amazing. It's searchable. Yeah, it's all searchable. I can find this I, I can sit there and and look up the Greek word for this or whatever and 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 research through it and I can get it instantly. I don't have to go somewhere. I don't have to go to a library. I don't have to go find the book. It's all right there for me so I can so it's it's made research on as a pastor and as an attorney, you know, getting all these cases. I mean, you used to just have to go. We, one of the things we had to learn in law school was how to use the, the law library. And the the technology for internet searching was there mm-hmm. when I was in law school, but they still wanted us to know how to use paper, right? Mm-hmm. And using paper means, you know, you got to go to a book. You gotta, so the, this is the kind of case I want. You know, here's what I know about it. Here's what I'm, I mean, it was, in, it was a process. It's right. a whole, I mean, it's a whole thing. And that whole process is now down to click, 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 and mm-hmm. it can pull up. So, so I'm saving clients money because you've charged people to, for all the research you're doing. I'm saving my clients money when I'm practicing law. Um, I'm, I'm able to do more as a pastor, as a, as a, as a preacher, as a teaching pastor, because I can, I can get the information I need much, much quicker. So mm-hmm. it's an amazing, using my devices, whether it's my computer or my phone or my tablet, is an amazing way to do research, to read scripture, to listen to sermons, to listen to books, to listen to, you know, and beyond the, the entertainment side, there's a lot of, of stuff that's available to help me grow. Um, and so I, I find that if, if used properly, the tool can be a great tool, right? Um, the question is, how often do we use it properly? And from what I've seen, my experience is probably not as much as we should. <laughs> We're probably not properly using our devices, uh, which is to say spending a, a reasonable amount of time as we should. Text messaging, I will agree with you, is probably one of the greatest uh, uh, advances that's ever. When it first came out, I was like, why would you do, just call the person. Mm-hmm. Now I realize if I had to call mm-hmm. and have a conversation, which of course a conversation goes like this, right? Hey, 
Hey, how's it going, man? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, whatever. Hey, I wanted to ask you about blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm thinking blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, hey, and did you, you hear about? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and because this is a person, this is a friend, right, right. you love them. You, you're you not going to just be like, um, I need to say this thing. Can you just tell me the answer to that thing? And we'll talk later. That's harder to do on or the phone. Or I need to tell you something, and I don't necessarily want to interrupt whatever you're doing right now to tell you right. it. I just want that information you to be there for you. You can check this later. I, and I, and, or I need to know this pretty much instantly, and you could never get on the phone with me, but you could quickly, like while we've been doing this, I've, I've texted Susan. She's texted me. I've texted her back on the church <laughs> business issue while we're sitting here talking, and I, and I can keep track of what we're doing and do that because it's just a quick message, right? right? But if she needed something, we'd have to stop this. I have to pick up the phone. Or I got to do it later, but what if she needs it right now? Or my wife texts me like, hey, I you know, I need this for it. Or my kids text me. Texting has been great if mm-hmm. it's not overused. Now, some people have lost the art of conversation because everything is text. Right. And if you're texting more than 10 or 15 texts in a row, you should probably just call. Mm-hmm. Or you probably should have called mm-hmm. in the first place, right? But a quick, you know, hey, where's the, you know, I, I, I was, you know, my, my wife or something, I'm looking for the whatever. Where did you put it? We don't need to have a whole conversation on the phone about that. Oh, it's in the top drawer. Yeah. Boom. Done. She can move on. I'm moving on. Everyone's good. Texting is great. Mm-hmm. Love it. If it's used properly. Right. If you use it nonstop and have learned, have stopped learning how to speak, or you constantly are making horrific grammar and spelling errors. <laughs> please. Yeah. And, and I make them too. There's there's autocorrect. There's stuff that happens. There's weird things. Sometimes it's funny. Um, but I usually, not every time, but I usually proofread a text before I send it. Proofread emails before I sent them. Different issue. We can talk about the importance of proofreading your your written communication <laughs> at a different time. But let me just say, I'm, I, I think it's important to do so. Um, but yes, text messages have been great. Uh, the the ability to get music on demand is is great. I think that it's harder for uh, for people to discover probably. Uh, the other good music that a band puts out other than what's really popular because you can just search for that one song and listen to just that one song as opposed to what we used to do which listen to a whole album and there was music mm-hmm. that may not be as poppy something that has a this incredible hook right off the bat but but is great music but you're probably not going to find it you know right. you're probably not going to that's probably not what's going to be popular so there's going to be three or four songs or or one or two songs from this album that somebody puts out that you actually listen to and the rest of the music just I don't even know. Do people still put out like full albums? Is that how it works? I don't even know. Okay. And I, I actually do make a point to listen to like full albums. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have with Spotify, like it'll just bring me random playlists that I listen to that. I don't even know who any of the artists are. And I just listen to it just, just to hear what's out there. Yeah. So anyway, the bottom line is, you know, how much time are we giving to these screens and what is the, um, what is the, Result. What is what is happening as a result of us of the amount of time we are giving these screens? I've got a couple kids that are eighteen and fifteen. Uh, Ethan will be sixteen next month, and I do wonder for them and their friends. Like, are are they? You know, we talked about kind of the social um, stunting that might be happening, but I mm-hmm. wonder what other what other issues you know are there. I've heard they're now calling their generation Generation Z. I don't know if you've heard that, mm-hmm. which Makes is sense. kind of like your generation was Generation Y until we came up with Millennium. millennials. Now they're calling them Generation Z until they come up with whatever they're going to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying that you know these they're they're just less in general. Uh, there was a study that came out recently, kind of less social, less more concerned with 
like making money and stability, less concerned with, I would just call it like kind of the traditional relationship type stuff. Like, you know, when, when I was young, everybody was like, you know, I want a boyfriend, girlfriend, this guy, they're like waiting much longer to get into these types of relationships and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's sort of healthy. I think that it is healthy. Um, I think that the result is healthy. I wonder if the cause is healthy. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I was talking to my brother, his son's like 12 years old. And we were talking about, you know, his son is not, you know, hey, you want to go to your friend's house? Like, no, you know, he's got his mm-hmm. Xbox. I got my PlayStation. We can, or, you know, whatever. People you you do. can't play if he has an Xbox. Okay, sorry. However, however it works. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do. I actually do know that. Um, <laughs> he's got his PlayStation. I got my PlayStation. We put the headset on. We can talk and play at our own houses. Why would we go? over to each other's houses, right. right? And like when I was a kid, it was spending the night at other people's houses, going out mm-hmm. with your friends all the time or whatever. So they're not doing that partially because whether it's phones or video games or whatever, these screens are keeping them from doing that. And so now we see this result of they're less relational, they're less they're less likely to be engaged in romantic relationships or even I would say normal relationships. And so right. the, the question is, what does that mean for those of us who aren't in Generation Z but are behaving just like they are, uh, you know, we talked about what what that might do for the church and 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 whatever. But what do you see, Hunter, for yourself and for those who are close to you? And you know, you live in a house with how many people live in that house? It depends. Right now, like, what is it? A hostel? No, <laughs> it's just it just kind of depends. Like, uh, my wife's grandma; she lives there some of the time uh, since her husband passed because she's just sometimes more comfortable. Is she a people. lot? Is she on the screens a lot? She she's no she's she's the one who's sitting there looking like just glaring at us as we're all on our phone okay. like when we go out to for her. dinner it's really yeah it's kind of funny actually yeah so you have what five or six people living there yeah so you're you're seeing the screen use the the regular like full time screen use of five or six people and and so what and I'm not asking you to I mean of course some people who are listening know who you live with and so on so <laughs> let's let's not get specific but, well, but this person. what is your feel for yourself and these people um, I'm gonna ask you two questions what is, what is the feel for the direction that that's all going in terms of are people getting better about it are people becoming more aware of it we do have these apps now that are telling us how much time we're spending um, or or is it getting worse and what do you see as the long-term problems that are going to be associated with it, and what do you see as the solutions biblically for it? Mm. Um, the younger of us in the house, definitely, I see um, more dependent on screens, uh, more likely to be just sitting around flipping through Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever um, for no particular reason. Um, and I think I noticed that I waste a decent amount of time with it. Um, I kind of wonder where, uh, like my wife and I, where would we be further along in, uh, maybe in our relationship, like how much of our relationship has been put on hold because we have hmm. instead, we'll both be sitting in the same room and I'll be on my phone and she'll be on her phone and we won't actually be talking about our days or whatever. Um, I wonder how much it's like stunted our relationships and stunted our, our professional lives and stunted our, um, our maturity, you know, in general. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to get totally like, I, I think that's a big problem that a lot of people do is, Oh, this is partially bad. So it's all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, but I do wonder how much it has hindered us as, as a family. Um, mm-hmm. you know, both 
uh, in regards to... I guess it depends on who she's texting. Right. <laughs> that's another... That's a whole different issue. Right, right. <laughs> but I don't necessarily... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to completely dog it, but I do think that um, when there's not boundaries set up for when we put the phones away or when... Um, or how much we're on the phones, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think that that can be a hindrance. I actually... I noticed, um, like a lot of times when I am going to eat something, I will turn on, I actually don't really watch TV. I just watch Netflix or mm. whatever. Um, and so I pull it up on my iPad or something like that. And I, like, I'll be sitting in front of a TV with an iPad sitting on the table in front of me watching the iPad. Been there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I've noticed that I will turn on a show, I'll eat my food. And once I'm done eating, like, I turn off the show because something, I think it's really what it is, is I need to be doing something with my hands at the same time as I'm watching something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's, that's a good thing, I guess. Um, at least I think it just goes even further to show how much, um, I need sensory input at all times. Yeah. You may just have a attention deficit problem. But yeah. That's, yeah. That, that might be what that is. <laughs> it's a different issue probably than the, than what we're talking about here. We can, we can deal with that in counseling okay, okay. later. All right. Um, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I, the, the question that I really want to, to get to is what does it look like for a Christ follower to be serious about, um, you know, making sure that this kind of technology isn't, isn't becoming an idol or isn't taking over or right. isn't stealing from us, like you said, you know, or is your relationship not what it should be because right. of it? Is it, you know, when I think about, okay, how often are you, you know, at your age, I would think that you know you don't have you don't have kids yet. Um, you know you have other friends who are your age and so on. I would be thinking that you know three or four nights a week you would be connecting with other people, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's the case uh, oh. or no. <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's not. Um, you know, you sent me that picture of our young adults group for the first meeting that, that you all had, <laughs> and you sent me a picture where everybody was on their phone. Now I know it was you know you guys we were, were setting something. There up. was something we're to that, but message. it wouldn't have been shocking if right, it hadn't right, been that way, right. right? Like everybody is. It connected. might have looked pretty similar to that right before the meeting started. Yeah, the idea that you're in the room with other people. And that they're that they are no longer. I mean, I mean, think about this. Other people are no longer interesting enough to us to put down Facebook, which is just other people other putting people their <laughs> their stuff out. That's not even probably you know what we're 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 locked into it more as an addiction than anything else. We're sitting here scrolling through Facebook, which is the people who we care less about, or I don't say care less about, but who we have less relationship with, right? right Putting right. random things about their life while the most important people in our life are literally sitting across the dinner table or on the couch next to us or whatever. We're ignoring those people and each of us are looking at what other people <laughs> are doing. There's something broken uh-huh. about that, right? right. Um, and so how does a Christ follower, you know, uh, adjust it? I know for me, I, I've, I've looked at, uh, you know, okay, I want to put my phone away when I'm meeting with somebody or what depends on who you're meeting with, right? If you're with your, if you're with your spouse and your phone is there and so on, I, you know, I don't know. It depends on, you know, but if you're meeting somebody, it, you know, there's certainly a, if you're constantly looking at your phone, it suggests 
you're not important to me. I'm not interested in what you're doing. Right. So, so that's one thing that just sends a bad social cue. But the fact that you want to do that by itself says we've no longer, we're losing our interest in other people as an end in themselves. Mm-hmm. People have become literally a means to an end to entertain us. So I would rather look at Facebook. I'm not saying I actually would. I'm just saying it seems like our behavior would suggest. Mm-hmm. I'd rather look at Facebook where other people are either putting things on there that they think will be entertaining mm-hmm. and see if it's entertaining to me rather than engage with another person as an end in themselves and just get to know them better and just get to, you know, what did you do today? And and what do you think about this? And, and philosophize. And one of the things that's been happening, and we'll probably talk some about this um, in messages in the future, but there's this apathy rather than, you know, we've spent a lot of time at Acts Church talking about, uh, you know, skeptics questions and, mm-hmm. you know, the problem of evil and, you know, the problem of good and, uh, the, you know, the, the the ontological argument, whatever these different things are that we go through, right, that are, hey, for those of you who are struggling with agnosticism, atheism, because you have scientific issues or philosophical issues, we're going to walk through those. But the fact is that a lot of people just don't have any issues. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that so many people are actually, they're not atheists or not a, or, or Christians or, or anything in between. They just, I don't care. Right. I'm, I've got so much that I can just do to distract myself and, and entertain myself that I'm not even, I'm not even engaging with those questions. Right. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to do that. And so instead of, and again, that goes to where do you normally engage with those questions in conversations of small groups of people, mm-hmm. individual, uh, you know, one-on-one or, you know, three or four people together. Do that's you, where those things get worked out. Do you listen to 21 Pilots a lot? I don't. I did not think so. No. But they have a song called Car Radio. Um, it's actually the first song I heard by them. And it's a weird song. I mean, and are be, they all pilots? No, there's two guys. Okay. So so that's not 21. So they've each got of a them math are, issue. Each there. of them count for 10 and a half people. Okay. And then they are not pilots. They are, I don't know what, I don't know what they did before. They're they did musicians. Music. They're musicians. Okay. Um, anyway, they have a song called Car Radio. And they talk about how when his car radio got stolen out of his car and now he has all this silence that he has to, he's alone with his thoughts now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's terrifying, you know? Right. And I think that's, it's kind of the same thing. We, if we took a moment, if we took a day without our phones, right. The things that would, that would come into our mind would terrify us. And so we don't do it. We, and that, or we think they would. Right. Right. Yeah. Or we or, don't think about it. Or, right. or we're so be. used to. They yeah. could be. I mean, the, you have a background noise. It's like, you know, sometimes when I go to sleep, I like to have like a show going or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Somebody might use a white noise machine or mm-hmm. whale songs or whatever they've got, mm-hmm. right? That's like, this is calming. This is what it's in the background so that I can just kind of, you know, let my mind go back to zero so I can go to sleep, whatever, whatever the case is, maybe not zero, but, um, you know, I can, I can do it. And, and now we have that in life in general. We're not facing issues because we can just entertain ourselves or, or really, I don't even know how entertain. The truth is if you really go through your Facebook feed and, or, or whatever, Instagram or whatever, maybe one out of 10 or 20 is actually at all interesting to you. Right. But you're scrolling through and reading all but this it's, stuff. It's, right? I think it's just the, the constant new, new, mm-hmm. new, it's new. Something new. new. Yeah, I, I agree. There's something about newness. Mm-hmm. Like whether you go on Netflix or whether you go on whatever, there's something about, you know, what, you know, Nirvana, you've probably heard of them. That, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's more my, my speed. Now, were they, um, were they Buddhists? Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they could be. Uh, uh, of course, Dave Grohl's still still doing music as, as a Foo Fighters. But, um, he was from Nirvana? Yeah, he was a I drummer. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Was, he was, you didn't know that? 
No, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. Dave Grohl was a drummer for Nirvana, and after Nirvana, as a matter of fact, one of the at least one of the other guys from Foo Fighters was a, like a touring guitarist, I think, with right. Nirvana. Not like a part of the not band, no, not but... the original band was was Kurt Cobain, Chris Novoselic, and Dave Grohl. Okay, actually, there was a different drummer before them. If you have the album Bleach, which you shouldn't, because they're you know it's not it's not uplifting music. But anyway, <laughs> Nirvana came up with a song early '90s, you know, 1991. And, you know, the, their most famous song is called Smells Like Teen Spirit. You've probably heard it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, here we are now, entertain us, right? Um, oh, it, I never knew what he was saying there either. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, you know, here we are now, entertain us. Here we are now, entertain us. I feel stupid and contagious. Here we are now, entertain us, right? So, <laughs> so the idea is, you know, hey... It almost saying exactly what you're saying. I feel stupid and contagious. I don't like my own thoughts. I don't like the way that I feel. I don't like the way that the society makes me feel. And so give me something, entertain me. It's your job to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a, there's this, I think with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Um, here we are now, entertain us. And so there's this, there's this idea of wanting constant something to distract to entertain so I don't have to face the real stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm my, you know, my part of my ministry and what God has called me to is to really address people's real concerns and, and, and show them who Jesus Christ is and the truth and the and, and, and what's real about that. And one of the things I'm fighting isn't just those who have arguments against. In fact, I would say that's less of what I'm fighting than those who are saying, I'm too busy being entertained. I'm too busy being busy. Mm-hmm. I'm too busy in this screen, or maybe it's not a screen, it's some other idol, right? I'm too busy in my love for NFL football. I'm too busy in my, you know, my kids traveling soccer team. I'm too busy in whatever it is to think about or address or connect with the big thing, the actual important thing. So I spend, it's like, here I am with my, with my wife or my, you know, your husband or your wife, your spouse, and I'm looking through Facebook instead of talking to you. It's a, it's a similar thing. Like I'm spending my time on all these, you know, way down the line of priorities issues to entertain myself and distract myself instead of thinking about the most important things in life. Like whether there's such a real thing as love or hope or peace or God. Right. And, and so I don't want to think about those things, or I, at least I'm not thinking about those things so that I can think about cute cat videos. <laughs> I mean, think about if, you know, you know, we know that Satan is real and that he has, that he has plans and strategies and so on. What a great or what an effective strategy it seems to have been to literally just create so much content, quote unquote, that you cannot have to think mm-hmm. about what's real. Now, which is why one of the reasons I think it's good for us to create the kind of content we're creating right now as we're sitting here, mm-hmm. because you can, it is something you can connect to through your device or whatever, and hopefully engage with it in a way that makes you actually think right. and, and work through some things. And there is plenty of content out there that does that. Well, well, well most of it doesn't. Well, media, content media that you intake through screens or through headphones or whatever, you know, um, in itself is neutral. It's not good or bad. And um, even, I mean, something that could be good for me, that could just be a good uplifting laugh for me. It could be something that you're dependent, someone else is dependent on to get them through the day so that they don't have to deal with um, the real issues in their life. And so um, it's not that this abundance of content in itself is bad it's that it's being used by ourselves really and by satan to uh hinder the gospel yeah i think uh, well let's just say the tools are neutral 
Your cell phone right. by itself is neutral. Right. Your television by itself is neutral. What you choose to do with it and and, and how you choose to engage with it mm-hmm. is not neutral. Well, um, but even like some like like TV shows can even be neutral. Like this show in itself is not good. It is not bad. Let's let's take TV shows out for a second because I, okay, I, I okay. actually do want to address that. But let's just say there there is content out there that is neutral. Yes. A video of a cat jumping because it's afraid of a pickle. I don't know if you've seen this. Like, yes. Well, cucumbers. Cucumbers. There you go. Yeah, well, what's the difference? I don't do, Are they afraid of pickles? Uh, well, isn't a pickle a cucumber? Well, but it's it's different. I don't know. I'll have I've to. never. Why my daughter's you? got a cat. I'll check that out when okay. I get home. Um, I won't actually. Set a, set a pickle on the ground. <clears throat> I don't know why they're afraid of cucumbers. I don't know what the deal is. But a video of a cat being afraid of cucumber is neutral, right? Uh-huh. There's nothing. There's nothing evil about that. Uh-huh. I mean, other than cats are evil. Right. Um, right. But no, no I'm true. kidding. Cat people Darkness love cats. We have a cat at home. It's wonderful. Don't get upset. Don't send me emails. But what about the cat before it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's there's a there's cats that that are on thing being scared. Okay, it's neutral. If I spend my whole day watching that instead of taking care of my kids or loving my spouse or you know whatever or reading my Bible, then there's a problem with that thing. It wasn't the content that was bad. It's the way that I engaged with that content that was right, bad. Right. I'll give you that. TV shows. The reason I would not say that is because you are not going to find many TV shows that don't have a philosophy and an agenda that they are they are putting forth whether it whether they know yeah. it whether they recognize it that whether the creators of that content recognize what they're doing or not they are putting out their ideas there's very few ideas coming from a cat jumping because of a cucumber but the way i intake that content is not necessarily according to the way that they intended it that's true there's a little i just bit wouldn't call it neutral that. That's true. Uh, yeah, your your yeah. your reaction to it can be neutral. In mm-hmm. other words, you can take it and say, "I understand what they're saying. I disagree with this. I agree with that." But then that's really not neutral. You're actually doing some work there. Right. Okay. The problem is, is that people take things in on neutral. Right. Uh, which is they're just going and and because worldviews accepting whatever and ideas them. are are generally caught like a cold. They're generally not. You're generally not creating your worldview your worldview by being really introspective and and thinking and learning. Mm-hmm. You're generally getting your worldview by just catching it, which is why. And I talked on Sunday about um, and whatever is the most catchy, like whatever is right. the most contagious, is what you stick with. Right. Uh, if you if you go back to um, the last sermon, which was rooted number one, um, which should be on this channel, um, you'll you'll find that that I talk somewhat about that concept, right? Of of now I forgot what I was talking about. What you, you catch? Contagious and worldviews. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Gosh, I'm getting old. You started thinking um, about. Yeah, I started thinking about something else. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you're you're gonna catch it, right? And and what and the way you know that one of the ways that you can see that is people who 20 years when I was young, mm-hmm. I wasn't that young 20 years ago, but one you know 20 years Younger ago, yeah, I was. Uh, that's true. Good yeah. for me. Good for um, you. When 20 years ago, when I was, uh, you know, connecting with other people and they were talking about their political views and their views on social issues and their views on things like this, actually the whole, you know, most of them were in, you know, let's call it X, this place, right? This is what they believed about same-sex marriage. This is what they believed about abortion. This is what they believed about guns rights. You know, just throw out your whatever it is, right? Your Mm -hmm. political or social issue. And then 20 years later... Mm -hmm. 
society has moved on those issues. Mm -hmm. In some cases, drastically moved. Right. But then you go back to the individuals because that's just society and whatever. You go back to the individuals and you see where do they stand and they tend to stand exactly where society stands. And I find that to be very interesting, mm -hmm. which suggests that they're just catching their worldview. Right. They believe what society believed, that the normal thing 20 years ago, and now they believe the normal thing now, even though it's a completely different thing, right. they don't have a philosophical explanation for why they do it. They would just, they would just repeat back to you the kinds of, of things that are said in mm -hmm. the kinds of shows. It all comes through what you watch on TV and the videos and the things that you read and the whatever. It's it's snappy little things like, you know, love means love and whatever, which of course love means love. That's a truism, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's true also. Tautology. Um, yeah, it's a tautology. It's, it's, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything to say love is love. Of course love is love. What else would love be? Um, and yet it's, and yet somebody would say, but you know what I mean. And so, yeah, I think, I think I know what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. The question is whether what you're trying to say is philosophically valid, right. you know, is, is intellectually, is, is actually uh, not just absurd mm -hmm. as an intellectual concept. But, but you don't think about that because everything is catchphrases and, and, we, and we learn so much through story, mm -hmm. which is why I don't think shows are neutral. And then we move. And so as we're looking at these phones, so these screens mm -hmm. and our TVs and whatever, the fact is, is that what you need to understand is... One, yes, you can be wasting time. Okay, mm -hmm. so the first, the first thing as a Christ follower, you could just be wasting time. And, I, and I'm guilty of that, just wasting time on a phone or on an iPad or whatever. Um, the next thing is you can be catching worldview that you don't even realize you're catching mm -hmm. because it's just happening. You're just, you're just doing it. And the more that you hear something, the more that you're likely to start to uh, ingest it and own it. We talked about being rooted this last week in, in, in church and, and you know, what can get to your roots. We talked about salt water can get in a plant, but a plant, if it gets in the leaves and the stem, the plant can kind of shake it off. It can get rid of it. Right. But if it gets to the roots, it's toxic and it can, and it, mm -hmm. so the problem is, is that it's one thing to see, like you said, a show. Mm -hmm. And if you're not neutral, if you're coming into it, in the right way, you're not neutral towards it. You can shake it off. Like you can shake it off because you recognize. Now, I'm not saying well, watch anything you want because you can just shake it off. That's just, there's just things you shouldn't be putting in your well, mind. Well, because, yeah, you're shaking it off and it's getting down into the soil <laughs> right. around you anyway. Yeah, you, there's things that that are not to be engaged with and then shaken off, right? You can, mm -hmm. well, I'm watching pornography. I'll just shake it off. No, I'm sorry. There's no value in that. There's a difference between yeah. salt and then just flames. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so there's things that you can kind of eat the meat and spit out the bones if you're engaging with it properly. Um, the problem is, is that people aren't always engaging with it in that way and thinking about it. So it's just getting into the root and you don't realize it. And so then what happens is over time, your worldview, your, and I'll let me by your worldview is the things that you believe, right? Mm -hmm. The the structure for the things that you believe as you, as you walk through time uh, and, and you continue to be in, in, in your screens and you, you're watching this, you're doing this, you're reading that. And then 10 years later, you find yourself so similar to what everyone else in culture looks like that it's impossible that you could also be uh, having the mind of Christ towards those things, mm -hmm. right? Because we, you know, we know that Christ is countercultural. We know that wherever the world goes... I'm not saying the world's wrong about every single thing they think. I'm just saying wherever the world goes, generally speaking, you know, we, we should have a view that is different and oftentimes opposite from where the world is going with things. And so um, you've just got to be extremely careful. Mm -hmm. And now that we're spending so much time 
A, distracting ourselves from thinking about anything at all. But then even when we are thinking, catching so much garbage mm. um, and toxic worldviews. You know, we talked about deep fried philosophies, right? You don't want to eat deep fried food too much because you get fat and unhealthy. Um, you don't want to you don't want to intake deep fried philosophies too much because spiritually you become fat and unhealthy. Mm. Um, and so, as you're as you're engaging with this, and we're thinking about yes. Think about the time. Think about the fact that the people in your house would rather have your eye-to-eye, face-to-face contact with them than you looking at your phone. And and think about the fact that the more time you spend doing that is the less time you spend reading scripture or connecting with with the Lord or or, or reading reading solid good books or or, or whatever it is, right? Um, and and then think about the fact that what's happening there is that you really are you're either one of two things: you're totally turning yourself off from even kind of being a human to where you're just going into this, um, you know, uh, neutral mode. Mm -hmm. Or you're taking in, and both can be happening at the same time, you're taking in toxic philosophies and probably not being as careful as you need to be about what's coming in. Right. And you may or may not know this, but uh, a lot of the things that are on Facebook that look like real things um, or that can look like real things are not. Mm -hmm. In other words, a lot of the articles and whatever, you you know, you look at the, you look down at the bottom to see where it came from, right? They're like, hey, look at this thing that happened. And I look at the bottom and it's like some weird news source, right? Uh That's like clearly not, you know, it's obviously the word fake news and so on, but but it's coming from wherever, you know, or it's or it's just a satire site. People don't know that it's right, a satire right. site. Or, from the Onion. Right, or yeah, The Onion or Babylon Bee or, or something like that. You know, you see those kinds of things uh, and you realize these people don't realize that what they're putting. Or there's just these little statements, right? Mm. Um, or quotes that may, may or may not have come from the person you say they're from. Or like, it's really easy to fake a a Twitter screenshot. And so there's lots of those out there, you know, mm. where it looks like this person tweeted that. And it's kind of a meme now. Like it should, like, you should know that this isn't real. Right. But people don't. The problem is, is that, that depending on your age and how, how much you know about that kind of stuff, you might not know. Right. And then you repost it, you mm-hmm. know, to all your friends who also don't know that. Right. And then they're all like, I can't believe that Pastor David tweeted that, you know, whatever it is. Oh, I should do that. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Um, <laughs> so in any case, you Start know. a satire, Acts Church satire. There page. you go. That's just what we need. <laughs> but as believers, as as those who are supposed to have the mind of Christ as Christ followers, I, I just want to encourage us, all of us, starting with me, to really be uh, more serious about um, thinking through our screen use and, and and the amount of time that we're spending on this and and how it affects other people and how it affects ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, it's it's something that. I'm recognizing for myself more and more and more um, needs to be dealt with. And I need to be, it's not that we need to get rid of this stuff altogether, although that time may come. If we find that just as a, as a people, as a society, as a culture, we just simply can't have super powerful small computers in our pockets <laughs> and not have them lead us down a bad path, Yeah. Um, then, then, then the best thing to do is go back to flip phones, right? Yeah. Um, without I, texting. I think the only way that's going to happen is if somehow technology breaks down. I don't think... I don't think people in general are going to willingly. Yeah, but do that. the robot overlords aren't going to let us have cell phones. That's I mean, true. you know, once they come, eventually, right? Once once the robots take <laughs> over, I think they're going to take away our cell phones because they don't want us organizing. Well, well, they won't take away our cell phones. They'll be our cell phones, and they'll. That's true. They'll. That's true. Grow legs and yeah. People are like, are they serious right now? Do they believe in that? Uh, no, we don't <laughs> think the robot overlords are coming. Um, but. We do think that you should be careful about your screen use as we should be careful about ours. And so let's pray as we as we end this. Father, I just pray that you would give us wisdom. Give us wisdom 
about about this technology. Technology is coming faster than wisdom is uh, catching up, and we just pray that we would have wisdom. We pray for our children. We pray for young people who have grown up with all of this technology, and this is just a part of how they exist and interact with the world. Lord, we pray that they would uh, look up from those screens and see the beauty of your creation, um, both both in natural beauty and in the people that are around them, their friends, the um, the individuals, the human beings that that we should be spending our time connecting to and 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 with and and learning about and and having that that relational side of who we are as human beings grow stronger and, and help our hearts not to grow cold uh, as we as we become more connected to machines than we are to human beings. And uh, Lord, we pray that your church would be the place where that is. Uh, where it starts, where we start a, a revolution against uh, being connected to or tied to uh, these machines and, and more tied to each other, Lord, and let us show people real love. And for those who feel alienated and for those who feel cast away um, by their family, being more interested in their cell phones than in them. And for those who feel lonely, uh, which I think people are going to feel more and more lonely and isolated, Lord, we just pray that your church, that your body, that through us, you would reach out to those people and help them know that we see them. We hear them, we know them, we care about them. And uh, we just pray that you would send uh, those to, to your church, both at Acts Church and, and all over the world, uh, who just need uh, real, the real human touch of relationship and, and care and compassion. And uh, we ask that we would be able to use the technology that there is for your kingdom. Um, that we would we we we're glad that we get to research and know your word better. We're glad that that we can uh, put things like this podcast out that hopefully encourage people and draw them closer to you. But we pray that people wouldn't get so tied to things like that that um, that they ignore each other. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to that podcast. That was episode thirty. Um, we are almost a year into our podcasting. Venture. We've taken a couple breaks throughout the year, but uh, it's good to be continuing this. Um, give us a comment or a review in iTunes or a like so that we know that um, you value this. Um, comment and share ways that you have incorporated phone use into your life in a healthy way. Um, like we said in the podcast, there's so many um, good things that these phones can do um, that technology in general today can do. Um, for for our relationships and our businesses and things like that. But um, we also need to find ways to keep them in their place and not let them overtake our lives. So let us know how you've done that successfully um, or other things that you're thinking about relating to this topic. We'd love to hear more from you. Thanks for listening again, and we will talk to you again later.